What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 95 of Easy Peasy Podcast. We've got some homies up in here. We're about to talk about some cool stuff. So joining me this week, Luis. What's up, man? What up? Happy, happy back on the podcast. First time in a minute. And Trey. What up? Hey, Trey. Nick is out this week. He's got things he's got to do. But we're going to talk about, Luis has some topics. I see he's got some notes. I can appreciate that. And we also are going to chat about the Wonder Years show. Trey and I went to that this week at Woolies in Des Moines. Then I went to Every Time I Die Turnstile in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm going to have some notes on that, of course, because that's my favorite band of all time. Stan Lee died this week. Drake had this racist robocalls and notes situation. And then Jewel suspending their flavors and then they got a breath of fresh air when they were told they didn't have to suspend all their flavors so we are briefly going to chat about some of those topics it might be a long one might be a short one we'll see let's dive right in though to what you got Luis. i see you got some notes got some reporting on some rap probably i like your piece of paper it's like it's very flowery um, something that someone would write a love note on or like just like a, a get well letter pretty much I, I stole it from Chantel it's the only piece of paper I could find Heck yeah so first thing is um, obviously you went and saw Travis Scott um, what festival was Oshiga Oshiga and we did not see Travis Scott because he remember do you remember the situation where he was late by an hour hour and a half and we were like screw it we're gonna leave and yeah. go it was his birthday yeah That's I gave why. him a lot of flack Luis defended him but yeah, I mean, he finally announced his own festival. He has his own festival. It's a two-day festival. It's called Astro World, and it's in hometown Houston. And it's this November seventeenth, um, and it's gonna headline. You know, him himself playing both nights. It's gonna have Post Malone, Lil Wayne, Young Thug, Ray Sermer, Trippy Reed, uh, Per. The lineup is pretty stacked with all the major, you know, hip hop acts. Is he dating a Kardashian? I think he's dating like one of Kylie okay. or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the youngest one. I mean, it sounds like an overall pretty cool festival. I just, I, all the names are amazing except, you know, we didn't get to see one of the big ones, Trippy Reed. We didn't get to see yes, him. Yes, I wanted to see him so bad. He just released a second album of the year. He released I know. Two albums in one year. That's how you know this dude's just putting He's out whatever. <laughs> it's like, like <laughs> uh, I really wish we would have seen him though at five on five. You know, bummer that he ended up canceling. So, are you gonna go to this? Are you gonna go to this music festival? No, I just thought it was pretty cool that Travis Scott has built his, you know, his music career so high up. That now he's actually has his own festival, just like Tyler the Creator. Yes. Camp Flogna, which sold out the last two or three years it's happened, really? like instantly. And he, he does a good job. It looks like Tyler or Travis Scott's taking a, a page out of Tyler Crater's book as far as like curating all like the main headlining rap artists out right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of them anyway. Is he the guy that does bands that make her dance? Or is that Juicy J? That's Juicy J. I, I thought that they were like both on that track or something, though. No, I think uh, Tyler the Creator, his genre of music is really different. Not There's... Tyler the Creator. I was talking oh, about Travis Scott. Travis Scott. He might be new. Astro World. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think about Astro? Okay, here we go. So would you would you say Astro World, that new album by Travis Scott, is in your top albums of 2018? Then or I would say not. I mean, there's, there's a few songs that I really like. But it's not like the best album I've ever heard. I think uh, sure, 
what else do you like that came out this year? I know we're previewing a little bit of what our end of the year list uh, podcast is going to be like. So but. speaking of Tyler, the creator, he just uh, dropped a full Grinch inspired holiday EP <laughs> that features six tracks, which is pretty cool because I think he's he's probably inspired by the movie. So he's actually in the official soundtrack. Really? Yes. Two oh. of those songs are in the official soundtrack. If I'm not obsessed four. with the Grinch, dude. Really? Oh my god. It's my favorite Christmas story like far and away. Nice. Dude, I love that shit, dude. So that, that, I'll listen to that for sure then because I love Tyler and definitely crossover. There goes my phone. <laughs> dude, the other day I was like delivery driving and I get out of my car, drop my phone and one of my coworkers like, I've seen you drop your phone like twice today. And I'm like, that's probably like the sixth or seventh time honestly, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Happens, dude. But yeah, when you say that you love the Grinch, that's totally me, dude. I love Jim Carrey in the 90s, <clears throat> obviously. Yeah carried over i love eternal sunshine of course i've said this a million times you know this you know this but uh i love the grinch he did his grinch was so good and i already love the animated but the dr seuss animated version uh but those tracks i've i have them on my november playlist because i love those or two of the tracks anyway that he's made mm-hmm. you're a really mean one mr grinch like he just his voice is perfect for it it's so low you know oh so, sure 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 it's awesome so, what do you see? So really, are jamming on those? You're liking? Them? I have not listened to it. Yet. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. Are you on Spotify weekend. or are you on yeah. Apple Music? Yeah, I'm on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotify and SoundCloud. I got rid of my Apple Music. And yeah, that's what you said. Not to offend anybody, but I'll probably never go back. I don't blame you. It's I'm in the Apple ecosystem. I and I'm stuck there. I mean, I really I admire Trey's like. PC, it's like a, he probably spent a couple grand on it, and it's probably six times as strong as my laptop, which I spent a couple grand on. I know that's a little bit old, though. I mean, it doesn't exactly correlate, but I do appreciate the speeds of the PCs. But getting back to what you're saying, Tyler's Tyler's doing things, man. He's making official soundtrack tracks. I love that. I'm super happy for him. He did release uh, Flower Boy or Flower, whatever it's called. Uh, last year and it got Grammy nomination so or a couple years ago now what else you got for us Tommy just uh, just a little weird thing I was trying to see what you guys thought about this so Post is releasing a Sour Patch Kids cereal that offers a unique taste experience that starts off sour then sweet, just like, you know, the candy itself. <laughs> what? I just kind of, what do you guys think about that? Dude, if it doesn't make your mouth bleed after eating a bunch of it. <laughs> I don't want any part of it, like, is all I'm saying. Like, it has to have shards of glass in it to be true to the candy, yeah. you know what I mean? But, yeah, and I'll I eat s- it. I saw the box, the actual advertisement, and it looks, it looks cool because it looks like little Sour Patch Kids come out of the box. I don't know if they're <laughs> going to be shaped like them. Who knows? Yeah, no, it looked like... I, I saw the box. It yeah. looks like they're shaped like little Sour Patch Kids, like pretty much exactly like the candy. Like, I don't know what those kids are supposed to be, man. They're creepy. They got dead eyes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those commercials are pretty good, though. Like, yeah. When they're... It's like... They're first, they're sour, then they're sweet, and it's like them doing something horrible, and then hu- they're hugging like the kid or whatever. K- kind of did derail the entire podcast, but do you remember the uh, cinnamon toast crunch commercials where the cereals were eating each other all the time, mm-hmm. the little pieces, and they were like oh. little cannibal cereals, but they didn't really paint them as cannibals, but they were. Yeah. Yeah. No. Those Dude, speaking up. of cereal, did you guys hear about the news <laughs> that came out in Hollywood this week about how General Mills is trying to? make a movie obviously just a two hour long advertisement to kids 
but with all of their cereal mascots. So Count Dracula, we got Boo Berry, we well, got Count Chocula. Troc- sorry, no. <laughs> I'm not a true cereal fanatic like you, but uh, all those like they're trying to like just make a crazy cereal General Mills cereal universe. <laughs> I just want the what's it called Cookie Crisp guy. Yeah, like that's all I want to see is two hours of the Cookie. Favorite crisp cereal? Guy. Go, Luis. Buy tricks. Tricks. Yeah, man. Tricks are, man. Those are like you were. But it's got to be the original tricks. Yeah, the shape when they changed them all to the generic gentrified balls. That kind of like fucked with me too. So for the listeners playing at home that may not know, what are tricks? If one of you could explain. It's like a rainbow explosion (laughs) in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Okay. They're just like shaped like like. Oranges and oh, limes they, and shit. Yeah, like they that. used to be shaped and like you know there was like a yeah like you said little fruits and flowers and stuff. Yeah. But now they change them into like little balls and it's not as exciting to eat anymore. Right. I bought it like you know those giant ass bags. Oh yeah. Bought some of that. Still have it in my cupboard. I'll probably never finish it. Cause I'm so <laughs> it's like stale three months. Yeah. Ago. yeah. <laughs> Dude, for real. Uh, Trey, what's your favorite cereal? Dude, uh, there's too many. There's right. too many. So. If I have to pick one, Oreo O's. Dude, really? Those are Dude, okay. That one's like ugh, I haven't we had it in brand, years. So I never got to try that. Oh, when I was that, you've never had it? I don't think I've ever. Um, I probably had it once. I probably had it once. If you haven't had it, man, I would have to get it. Get you some of it. But okay. uh, and other than that, man, Frosted Flakes are good for certain occasions. So Frosted Flakes with more sugar, right? No, no. Oh, you, okay. you just put a small amount of milk. You just so I've oh, got yeah. like an interesting strategy for my cereal where I put a small amount of cereal. Little milk, and then eat that little bit. You reapply. Exactly. You keep on doing that. I'm a reapplier. Gail does these like gigantic heaping bowls of cereal. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, girl? You can eat the whole box the way I eat it. You know. Well, I know. I love that. I sometimes I'm in the mood for the soggy. I like it soggy sometimes. Sometimes I want crisp, crunchy, just no next to no milk. I'm one of those people. My favorite probably though would be. Cho- what's the chocolate one? Chocolate pebbles or whatever? For, yeah, yeah. Ch- chocolate pebbles. I don't want yeah, fruity pebbles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The chocolate version with heaping, like, full spoon heapings of peanut butter. Oh, okay, peanut butter. I thought you were saying sugar. I was like, diabetes, but yeah, peanut oh. butter. I'd have to try it, I Dude, guess. Dude, tight. I like milk, peanut butter, chocolate all together. It's really good. Dude, thanks for that. Dude, what else you got in the docket? That's a great cereal <laughs> talk I was not expecting to have today. Um, speaking of cereal, okay. and because we're talking about the one years, did you ever listen to that EP where they sing about like Captain Crunch yeah. cutting oh, the yeah. roof of your mouth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a song, I think, on that EP where it's Captain Crunch was... Okay, so the, the singer was... Yeah, yeah, so the... The singer was dating a gr- girl Kool Aid or something, mm-hmm. or was it girl Captain Crunch? It I was, don't know. It, it was guy, the guy right here. There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. So it was girl Kool Aid and guy Captain Crunch, and like they were having an affair and cheating on the dude that's singing or whatever. Yeah, get stoked on it from 2007. I loved this EP. Uh, <laughs> I did try listening to it like in the last couple of years. Doesn't hold up. No, that one does not no. hold up at all. That's actually the one that actually got me into the one. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah. For everybody, and actually, you know? I'm kind of pissed now because it's not even on Spotify. That's the, oh. So that's kind of the thing that I Ooh, noticed about dig. Spotify. 
You know, that's a dig. Yeah, uh, so thank you for the awesome segue. Let's get into that show, The Wonder Years, Trey. I want to hear your thoughts on a couple other things. Well, just to set the stage for the listeners playing at home, though, The Wonder Years played at Woolies with openers of uh, named Roxbury, which we missed. We ended up missing them. We got there a little bit later. But when we saw most of Shortly's set, Oso Oso, Have Mercy, and then The Wonder Years. So it was a pretty long show. Uh, oh, think, yeah, you were up late. You oh, ended yeah. up leaving, like, midnight, right? Or, like, 11? With you, with you guys, I got home at, like, 11.30. For sure. Which for is sure. pretty late, yeah. Well, we all went home together, at least. So, shortly was fun. I thought, uh, so it was a female-led singer, songwriter-type vibe, but then, like, crashing in with, like, the guitars. So, yeah. like, it led with her vocals, a lot of the songs, and then the guitars and, and the drums would crash in. Yeah, no, I thought they were really good for, like, such a young band, you know? And, yeah. like, they had, like, a cool little dynamic where they she's like, these are my best friends, you know? Yeah. And, like, obviously kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, cute. But doing time, it for cute. the love of the, the Yeah, show. yeah, definitely. It's, it's funny to see bands like that, like, popping up nowadays, that they're, like, small touring bands they probably don't make shit and they're just doing it because they really want to play music really bad (laughs) yeah i think as we get older and we get jobs and we have families and we have health insurance which is tight (laughs) you know as we have all that kind of stuff it makes us it makes me think differently about them like have more respect for that like and, and and also appreciate that desire and that passion uh to do it i mean get out there at 22 21 not being in class you know not going to college doing what you love so Oso Oso was really great I love them I they had opened for other bands in the scene uh on tours that I wanted to go to so I had been familiar with the name never really listened to them uh but I I'm planning on downloading something or checking out some of their music here yeah I didn't think they had any like standout songs honestly I thought it was kind of just in that turnover the wake of some good turnover albums that they were trying to kind of ride that. But yeah, I think I, I do agree with you. Like for them more so, I was digging like two or three tracks a lot, and then the rest was like good. Sure, sure. Like, I appreciate that, but have mercy, those weeders, man. <laughs> Talked about weed a lot, dude. It was so funny. Like it's such an inefficient way to get weed. Is like spend like ten years making a touring band and then like going to Des Moines, Iowa to try to get weed one time. Like it was a weird setup, man. Like, anyways, it was so pretty funny. How, what happened exactly then? So they, they were just they said they ditched their weed at the Canadian border, came back. Somebody was a weed Santa Claus for them, gave them weed, but then. This is like over the course of like five songs that we've heard this story. There, it's like a build up. It's like chapter <laughs> one in between just on chapter two, then chapter three. It's like they've got this. So then like song five rolls around and they're like, yeah, and we're about out of that weed. <laughs> and so then song six, the end of song six rolls around and this is where the payout comes for these guys. They're like, if anyone wants to hook us up with some weed, brothers, <laughs> pretty much. We're like, going to be at, up, down after this. Oh, is that what they said? Yeah. Too? Come oh, up, no come. shit. <laughs> We're going to be playing some games. You know that barcade next door? They didn't even say up, down. But they're like, the barcade next door is pretty tight. We're going to be over there. And we're all just like, this is the longest con to like get some <laughs> fan that loves them that may have some weed to come over and maybe even buy them a drink or two. Yeah, you don't even have to have a band to get weed, guys. Like, you didn't have to do this. Like <laughs> All jokes aside. 
side, Have Mercy was amazing. Yeah, they're great. His band, voice man. is nuts. Yeah, dude. no, I hadn't. I'd listened to several of their albums before, and like honestly, never caught my ear. But like seeing them live kind of like added a context to it, and now I like really love their music. Right. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why, but so let's get into the top dogs though. The Wonder Years, Trey. What uh, we got uh, a set list. I have the set list here pulled up. What did you think overall about the set list? I mean, here's the thing. They didn't play any songs except for one off of the upsides. And they didn't play anything off that Get Stoked EP on it either. Oh, yeah, no they, doubt. They were so over. They're over that. They're more mature. And they really are. But yeah. Like, I mean, it felt really gross. I felt, like, dirty afterwards because it was kind of like, I don't know. They had changed a lot from, the, like, how they were back in the day, you when, know. Do you, can you recall the last time you saw them? Uh, was it? It's, they said seven and a half years ago was so the last time. So you saw we were them here. in Des Moines. Yeah, so yeah. Last and, time they played was at uh, the Muse in April 2010. Yeah, so I remember from their even shorter EP, like, or it was a split. They have a song called "You're Not Salinger, Get Over It," and I was like at that show yelling like. Play you're not Salinger, and they're like, it's Salinger, idiot. <laughs> you were saying that at yeah, that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was, you were that guy. Well, I mean, like it was a different vibe than what was going on at the show. Hundred we percent. But I think I like, I probably don't. But part of me wants to remember that somebody was doing that. I, I definitely posted on the internet, so okay. I, I might have like, you might remember it from. The post I made, like, attached to the Woolies thing. Anyways. Oh, okay. But the set was, like, really meh for me, dude. Like, there was a couple songs I really love in there, but for the most part, they played a bunch of songs I don't give a shit about. The sound at Woolies was, like, a 2 out of 10 that day. It was, like, absolute dog shit. Like... Um, and it was kind of hard to listen to a lot of times because they were getting off time a lot, which was really surprising for like a tier one pop punk band like that to like be that shitty live. <laughs> the singer was actually nailing all of his shit. Like, and he was like a good singer and had like Dan Campbell soupy. Yeah. But it was kind of like a gross stage performance that I would expect more from a band like Panic at the Disco or like some like really really mainstream fence walking band like not like what i would think as a creative different pop punk band you know what i mean so i overall it kind of grossed me out they played came out swinging they nailed that song uh, i loved at the end and lydia actually mentioned before the show that they actually played like a, a mashup of like a few of their songs at the end of Came Out Swinging, which they do in a lot of their albums. Like, yeah, they did that that exact outro on I think it was um, the Came Out Swinging album. Yeah, whatever. yeah, Suburbia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they just played that outro, and it was a bunch of songs they'd already played through the set, and I I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So they had that new album that came out this year called Sister Cities. They played f- half of that album, maybe a little less, like. Six seven songs. It was a it's a great album. I just not I just don't really love his like singing and and his more like indie alternative vocals, softer vocals. I like his pop punk power vocals. And man, yeah, uh, I think he does a lot of screeching in that album, like the the power vocals you're talking about. But I know what you mean, like his like kind of like soft singy voice. It's not what anyone 
that initially got attracted to the Wonder Years, like back in the day, was like, here for it. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, which is us. Like, because we're in that category. Pop punk people like notoriously have bad voices, and like I think it's like a genre that bad singers can like flourish in because you because they're like different. You know what I mean? Right. There's like a lot of and like I mean like Tom DeLonge from Blink like. That he has the weirdest fucking voice ever. It's so unique. Yeah, exactly, and it sounds cool. And that he kind of did the same thing on his later albums, where he's like trying to sing all soft, and no one wants to fucking hear him. He wants to hear him like pop punk it, you know. So yeah, so they did play Melrose Diner, which is that song off the Upsize, which is I told Lydia and I've said this before. It's one of my least favorite songs on that album. I mean, there's so many more standouts. And dude, Dynamite Shovel, that song kicks. It's anti, it's like homophobic, anti-homophobic, I mean, song that punches like any homophobe in their face for <laughs> one minute and four seconds. Why can't you just throw that in? I so think the that... reasoning, real quick, I want to get into the reasoning they even played that song, Melrose Diner, uh, at the show is because Soupy was saying, oh, we haven't been to Des Moines since April 2010, and we understand no one comes to Des Moines, and we understand it's really hard oh, for yeah. you guys out here. I've talked to record labels. I've talked to tour managers. I've talked to them all. They all say, Des Moines, we got to skip it. Well, guess what? We're going to go to Des Moines all the time now. <laughs> it was the most gimmicky, like, disgusting. It was Ugh. so gross. No, for, yeah, first thing, it was like super condescending about people who live in Des Moines. Pretentious prick, man. Yeah, yeah. But like I made the point at the show, like no one's going to write a song about J.D. Salinger and not be pretentious. 100%. So, dude, accurate 100%. I mean, he's always like kind of pre- pretentious, like always referencing like this classically good literature in his writing, you know. He, he's always had his nose up in the air. Like, I mean... And I didn't really mind it, you know, because he's like, it's funny because he has the song, um, I'm not a stuck up punk, just a fucked up kid. He's totally stuck. He's not a punk, now he but he's a, totally stuck up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> totally. But man. anyway, it, it, so it gave me, it gave me closure on the band. Uh, honestly, I will, I don't really see myself really ever listening to any of their music again, never see them again. But like, I really will un- continue to say that the upsides was one of my favorite. It's in my top 25 albums of all time, probably Yeah, not top 50. I mean, honestly, it- upsides, um, suburbia and greatest generation are all probably in my top 25, totally. you know, but, uh, I didn't really like, I, I gave sister cities another listen to, and like I said, they're just trying to be an arena rock band or something. So. Right, and they aren't, and it's not really translating that great compared to other bands that have made that jump. A Day to Remember has made that jump, and they are very successful for it. Bring Me the Horizon is about to crash into the freaking world on January with this insanely great arena rock album. They have already have two singles out, and I'm in love with a wonderful or a wonderful life, which is sounds like Rage Against the Machine with no <laughs> rough vocals. It's Actually. Old. Heard it on the way here. Oh, it was really, yeah, I like the riff. The guitar riff is heavy. So heavy, man. But anyway, the Wonder Years. Uh, that's enough about that show. Overall, yeah, it gave me closure. Uh, but Trey and I, of course, still love those older albums. I know the Greatest Generation means a lot to you. So great band. Set Soupy was very disappointing. And no, we get a ton of great shows in Des Moines, motherfucker. Ozzy's coming next year. <laughs> Ozzy, dude. I mean, Ozzy's like uh, one of the the pinnacle of of rock and of rock and roll metal, right? Dude, what, who else? Metallica. We had Wu Tang, dude. Yeah. Like, like, oh, why the fuck are you even gonna like? 
<laughs> it's like we don't have good shows when we have no, Wu-Tang and Weezer, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, big artists you. come here. Yeah. yeah we, no, we've had Blink-182, Green Day, Fallout and Boy Weezer, Fallout Boy. We Who the fuck everyone. are you, Wonder Years? Yes. That's what I'm <laughs> Sorry. saying, man. Sorry, Wonder Years, but suck my dick. <laughs> he's, su- he's stuck in his own little world, you know? It's fine, though. Okay, every time I die... Threw the party for their 20th year as a band. Man, oh man, did they <laughs> rock. So, Vane, dude. Vane opened up. We missed them because no one could get off work early to go see that opener. I'm sorry, Vane. I heard you were amazing. Jeff Myth. Is that his last name? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, his, yeah, no, we'll his just leave it anonymous. But Facebook last name. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jeff. No, I actually know his real last name, so I won't say it. Maybe he doesn't care like that. But anyway, he was at the show. We, we caught up for like a few minutes. He was digging Vane. He loved seeing them. He saw them at... Uh, the Muse, he's seen them open up for another really hot, uh, headlining, heavier band. And he also loved Angel Dust and Turnstile. He was there for those three mainly. Um, so Angel Dust, lead singer of Trapped Under Ice, Justice. He, that's his new like pop, punk band. Yep. And dude, they were freaking awesome. He came out <laughs> in an Adidas tracksuit, took off his tra- tracksuit jacket, and had an Adidas shirt underneath. <laughs> nice. My only criticism, critique... <laughs> Critique of the get-up was I couldn't see his shoes, so I didn't know if he had a blouse on or whatever. He had to he rock had to. the Adidas. You can't just wear it. He would look Adidas like the biggest too. dick if he came out in Nikes. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. But he had an L.A. Dodgers hat. He should have worn an Adidas hat, man. Well, I mean, poor touring band, bro. You can't expect him to have all, like, the trimmings, dude. Like, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But he was <laughs> awesome, dude. That band is sick as hell. I downloaded a bunch of their stuff. It's old. It's 90s punk, dude. Straight up. And it got me to listen to like old AFI again. Oh, I love like the old 90s AFI, just like I love all of it. But they were sick as hell. Turnstile was unbelievable. I know Trey's a big fan. A huge fan, dude. I am beyond (laughs) jealous that you got to see them, man. And I actually wanted to go to that with you just to see Turnstile. Yeah, dude. They're hilarious too, Liv. Like, was he... Okay, so when I saw him, he was wearing short shorts, was like standing up on top of an amp and just doing this weird booty dance the entire set. Oh, man. He was all about that weird dancing. He does that booty dance, man, and it's good. Really? Dude, I just noticed that the lead singer, he's all like... He always changes his style like I remember watching videos like one time he had cornrows <laughs> he's one time he shaved his head yeah, and then bald. I think I saw oh, the wow. video last night or he had long curly hair he yeah long curly, curly hair <laughs> but he was amazing dude I you know what I really love about him uh, he so it, if you know Turnstile they're this heavy heavier what would you say like hardcore band just hardcore yeah more like old school like DC hardcore like okay so like I don't know, minor threat E, but like not with chugs in it. Yeah, lots of good chugs though. It's not like that, like played out bass line that's like three notes and then the guitar is just like doing the same thing. It's like. It is, I really like the It's really music. surfy and like cool. Oh, for, like, for sure. Very surfy. It's got those beach vibes for sure. Oh, yeah. You want to ride a longboard. <laughs> you want to get out the bodysuit and get in the bodyboard up going. You know, I don't know, man. Punch a dude in the face while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're That's out. the kind of shit. You feel it, dude. I, don't yeah, know. I, I love it. So, yeah, that he. with that being said, with those parts in a lot of their songs, if not every single one, he literally got off the stage. So the guitarists and the bassists could go nuts and like swing their their stuff around like he got out of the way and he so it just really i've never seen that before and i really appreciate it it's like he recognizes that these bands are 
or his whole band is a band. It's not only about him. Yeah, I love that. Dude. I, I think that the, their guitarist must be from something else too. So because the like, the African American gentleman. Yeah. So Lydia said that he was his name's Frankie Franz or something like that. He was the uh, merch guy for. Tur- Trapped Under Ice for so long. He's been in other bands. He actually played when Trapped Under Ice did their reunion show or like small tour in like Chicago in the West Coast or whatever. They he actually was in the band like replacing whoever else. Sure. I don't know if he was even in Trapped Under Ice. I don't, but well, anyway. he fucking shreds, dude. And I, like it seems like it's from I don't know. Like it seems like he would have been in some older like shreddy punk band, you know, but. I guess not. <laughs> I mean, like, he's been trapped under he's ice. He's been playing music and been supporting his musicians by being merged. Sure. Like, he's been around forever. Does he sing? He is the soft vocalist. That's what I was just going to say. And he's so... If you guys know any of their songs that came Dude. off on Time and Space... Was Time and Space released this year? Or uh, was it last? Um, I couldn't tell you. It's... No. it's I think it's, I think this, it's year. this year. He's got yeah. an amazing voice. Love his voice, dude. And he sounded so good live. And so he sang, he sings the entire song for Moon, which is one of my favorite tracks off there at that album. Man, they were killers. But here's the thing, man. Like, they are blowing up because of that Time and Space album, right? They did a huge tour with whoever else, some, another big band. They're probably going to be doing a headlining tour next year. You know, like, they're already... Well, they were album. already blown up, dude. Like, um, what's it called? Nonstop Feeling was a huge album. And, like, they got so many shout-outs from these huge hardcore bands. Like, um, that album... Like, Trapped Under Ice and shit had been, like, shouting them out. And, like, they are now, obviously, elevated above... The Trapped Under Ice band, you know, where they're playing after um, Angel Dust with, like, a band that has, like, all of this credit and history and stuff. So, I, I think that they're already a huge act. Totally. You know, so. so, my point with this is Every Time I Die tours smart. They've been touring smart. That's why they can celebrate 20 years as a band. And they're about to go in the studio and, re- and write their next album next year. It's already been, they've already said that on, on social media. Uh, and so I have other examples of this, man. Like they've toured when these other bands were at the pinnacle or the height of their height of popularity or on that rise on the incline, they toured with code orange kids when they were code orange kids right before I am King came out, they were blowing up. And then I am King came out, dude, they've toured with let live right before let live blew up before. I mean, rest in peace. I really love that band. They toured now with turnstile knocked loose we went and saw that tour last year, 20, uh, February 27, 2017, dude. Omaha, one of my favorite times I've ever seen every time I die. I had so many awesome friends with me. Then they toured back in 2009 when I first saw them outside of a Warp tour. Every time I die, my second time seeing them, Bring Me the Horizon. 2009, dude, Suicide Season had been out for a full year. That album was a ripper. Everyone was digging on that those Hot Topic looks. Yeah, no, they were touring with bands like... That are releasing their best album always, which is like awesome. It's so smart. And you know that's not just the manager. You know that's not just Epitaph Records helping them out with those. Like that's them scouring and and looking for those bands and those acts and asking and and putting the word out that they want to tour. And of course, these bands want to tour with someone like Every Time I Die who can still bring. Trey just choked on his cup. Do you need a towel or something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Comedy, dude. I tried to spit it back in, and then it just choked me worse. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I've never seen that before. 
What? Never seen that before. Dude, in all of my years, I've done it like twice. <laughs> Dude, I've choked on my own spit. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> God, that's comedy. This one's gonna be a fun one to ask. <laughs> no, you leave that in, dude. You leave that. No, I just mean because I'll be like listening. All of a sudden, I'm talking about every time I die, and then all of a sudden that happens. Ugh. Uh, so what were you saying, bro? Uh, <laughs> probably something hilarious, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to get at at the end of the day, they they can tour. For 20 years, have us tour name 20 years of bullshit because of that. Uh, so I really want to just talk really briefly. I know we're kind of cutting it long with all these like recaps and whatnot, but they their set list was just always super unique. Like they have standouts and the songs they always play, like Werewolf, No Son of Mine, uh, Underwater Bimbos, whatnot like that. Like their singles, their huge songs from uh, their albums. They played. Songs from every album in order. So they started off with Romeo A Go Go, the first song oh, off Hot cool. Damn. Yeah, and yeah. Dude, that song that's is... That's one of my favorites, yeah. Oh, okay, tight. And then, of course, Floater and Ebolarama were yeah, second to come. is one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then they went into Gutter Phenomenon era, and then, like, in between, while they were changing strings, if they had to, like, uh, Keith Buckley would be like, so we're going into Gutter Phenomenon era, and he'd say, like, possibly says, like, something, like, a little small about it or whatever, and then they'd go chugging in, like, to Board Stiff or, uh, or The New Black or, yeah, it was just awesome. And then they went into, of course, The Big Dirty, which is my favorite, uh, which has my favorite song on it of all time, of any band, anytime, anywhere, <laughs> No Son of Mine, and dude, oh, that was the closest I had been to stage diving for the second time ever. The only time I ever stage dive was at an Every Time I Die show in July 2013 when they were touring with uh, in Minneapolis at um, not First Avenue, um, but the Caboose. I j- jumped so far off the stage, I missed the first like crowd, <laughs> flipped on my back because like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You jump midair and flip on your back, landed on my back, lost, like, got, felt like I got knocked out for like a moment. I had to be picked up. I walked over to, at the time, it was Lydia. She went and saw Every Time I Died with me the first few months we were dating. And then my friend, Chris Aldridge. And I walked, I remember walking over, <gasps> just gasping. And so like ever since then, I'm like, I don't mosh anymore. I don't really get in the pit. I mean, during No Son of Mine, I think I jumped in. That's but. when the Kenyan track and field team approached Sean. They're like, you've got what it takes. <laughs> it's like, you jumped over... What was that? Seven, eight rooms. <laughs> I went all It's like, hard. you have what it takes. You're going to be our new long jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So they went into uh, the new junk aesthetic. They only played two tracks off that, but they played four tracks off the Big Dirty. Then they went into, of course, their newer albums uh, and whatnot. And then ended with Low Teens, Map Change, of course, which is, they're going to be there ending with that track for a long time. This is my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs by them of all time. Uh, so the show was awesome. It's at the Gran- it was at the Granada Theater in Lawrence, Kansas. I don't know if you guys have been there, but there's it's amazing setup. It's a theater, so it has like it has an incline setup. So there's not a bad seat in the house. The first floor is the floor where people are doing moshing and stuff. And then there's some stairs that lead up to uh, like three or four feet to like the next area that has a guardrail around it. So, like, there's no barricade either. So, of course, like, throughout the show, this is a hardcore show. Turnstile said that. Get on stage. Every time I die, I did, of course. People were jumping crowd surfing and, uh, yeah, crowd surfing. It was awesome. This show was really, really good. 
top five times I've seen them. That was my twentieth <laughs> time celebrating twenty years of bullshit with that's the twentieth time. Pretty cool. See every time <laughs> that's I die. Pretty cool. The fifth yeah. time, dude. That's my fifth favorite. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. They played oh, Roman Holiday. So many good tracks. Roman Holiday is one of my favorites. Actually, dude, there's too. not a song that chugs like gets you like. Amped up like it, the build up is so un. I love that album. Like that's new junk aesthetic, right? Yeah. yeah, I love that album. That's actually probably my favorite album by them overall. For like, sure. There's like so many good songs, and it makes sense as an album. Like, um, like I don't know, it flows really well. Anyway, yeah, like, it's good. And uh, hopefully next year we'll see a ten year tour for that album. It's been out ten years. Two thousand nine to two thousand nineteen. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna kill myself, dude. I'm so old. Like that's crazy, dude. Cause that feels like it just came out. Dude. That was like my first time seeing them was when they were su- touring on support of that album uh, with Bring Me the Horizon outside of Warp Tour, of course. Cause I would have considered that like one of their like newer albums, but I guess I've missed a few. Like so, what is it? Like, that's their fourth teams? oldest or newest now. So yeah. like uh, after that is X Lives 2000 and. 12 which i saw them four times that year on that rotation i love that album a lot but i don't i definitely don't have it as high on the list but then from parts unknown which is my favorite album by them probably it was uh produced by kurt Ballou from converge and so i love the tweet this week from jordan buckley the guitarist um brother to lead singer keith buckley but he says something like what the hell did kurt Ballou put in us like what how much cocaine was he doing because the their tempo is like so much quicker in that whole album it's so much more erratic and in just chaos reigns i mean it's awesome and then of course low teens which came out in 2010 and they're recording that new album coming out soon album a lpa i'm super excited uh, got to see them, but yeah, let's get out of this topic. We got some other things to cover. I want to chat, at least get to Stan Lee. What do you guys think about this? Stan Lee dying at 95. There's so much stuff online about him dying at 95. I'm like, he's 95 years old. You know, he's been in 16 Marvel movies in the last like 10 years since Marvel just now turned 10 oh, Marvel studios, the movie. Yeah. Um, but of course, Marvel's been around much longer. He was a co-founder, creator, co-created Thor, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, Daredevil, so many more than that too. I mean, he, he was co-creator on much, much more for sure. I wanted to know what your guys' favorite what is. Favorite Marvel hero? Yeah. Probably Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, fuck. Fuck. Captain Marvel? <laughs> no, that's pretty tight. No, I'm just kidding. I was just trying to do the most obscure thing I could think of since you both picked Spider-Man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I mean, so the Avengers, like, let's think of, like, who's your favorite Avenger? I would say Spider-Man now, but at the time, I used to love Captain America when I was younger. Because he had that, like, 1994 movie that was, like, super, like, digged really big. Honestly, X-Men, like... You like X-Men? I like X-Men way better than any other Marvel property, like, by a lot. Like, honestly, the Marvel heroes were kind of, like, not as... So, like, if you put a DC hero against a Marvel hero, the DC heroes are these huge, like, god figures. And then, like, the Marvel heroes are more, like, relatable human characters... And, like, when I was a kid, you know, I was, like, attracted to, like, the stronger. I was like, who's who should win in a fight? I want to follow. That's the guy I'm going to watch, you know. And, like, 
Superman would kick the shit out of every Marvel hero, no questions asked. Right. Along with, like, pretty much every other DC hero, you know, but anyway. OP. Yeah, but anyways, I, I'm really sad about Stan Lee, because I thought that it's he's, like, such a passionate, like, guy, you know what I mean? And, like, the fact that he made those, like, human characters, which, as an adult, I appreciate more than, like, the larger-than-life gods you know right it's like a cool thing and he cared a lot you know yeah no exactly and he was only worth i know this sounds weird to say but only worth 70 million dollars but like he he, the avengers only the last one um what's it called infinity infinity war yeah yeah yeah. i'm getting it mixed up for some reason but that one only it made 2.05 billion dollars the most uh money a superhero movie's ever brought in i think it's like top three or second most grossing after like avatar so that is nuts right like I, I how is he only worth 70 million well, marvel was sold to disney right for four billion so i'm assuming that stan lee had sold like out at some point or like a majority sold out and then they just kept bringing him in to like maybe reignite the franchise, or like there was an agreement where he would be in cameos or whatever. Um, so we mentioned on the podcast last year, the last couple of years of his life have been really tough. His wife of sixty nine years died. He also was suing Pow Entertainment, which is his his entertainment company that he built for movies and games to get his Marvel properties and all of that. And he that came out in 2001. Like he, he he made that company in 2001. He obviously was not a leader of it or whatever. He sued them for a billion dollars. He ended up in the last couple of years. He ended up dropping the lawsuit. Just I mean he didn't really have much fight left in him. I mean he's 94 three at the time. To, yeah. What benefit? How, did he have children? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Because but I think I think one of his sons died. I mean he's been with his wife for 69 years. So. Yeah, he yeah. outlived a lot of his family. I mean, friends, of course. One thing I did want to mention, or a couple of things uh, on this. If you guys don't have much, anything else you want to add, of course. But he he dies, and it's just like this hat is gonna happen probably forever. Now that we have social media, but people are trying to shit on his legacy. Like just like anybody that dies is popular and did a lot of good for the world. Let's go look for the bad. So I was seeing this on Twitter. A lot of people were trying to do that. And I just, I was really getting like irritated with it. And I po- reposted this, retweeted something, um, a snippet of his, his Stan's soapbox. So that was a thing that he was doing in his monthly um, comic book column called Stan's Soapbox, where he would just like talk about anything, social issues, especially. And the one that he talks about is like racism and bigotry. Like there is no room for that in the world. That is literally the worst thing that for society and humanity as a whole. And he goes on and on. It's an awesome uh, I have it pulled up here, uh, right here. So he he goes. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. You can see it's it's not super long, but let's lay it right on the line. Racism, bigotry are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. But unlike a team of con- costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap of from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them. And he goes on and on and on, like. They're saying he's a sexist person. Like people were saying he was sexist. He doesn't make enough women superheroes. What? Captain Marvel, one of the most like powerful superheroes of all time, who we're about to see kick some ass next year, is a freaking woman, you know? And they're they're talking about racism too. He has a bunch of people are saying he was racist in the seventies. But this came out and like 
69 or 72 or something. Yeah. No, that's like, have you ever seen how the internet works? It's, <laughs> they want clicks, you know, and his, his death is leaving this like shockwave through the internet. And in the wake of that, you're going to see just so many people just trying to get like 10 likes, you know, like if, if that's, that's how the internet works is they're very opportunistic and like very like predatory with like the shit they're posting, you know, and like they don't care that there's this guy's life work, you know, that like a lot of people love and stuff. They just want to get those views and it doesn't matter what they're taking away from anybody because they he, don't give a shit he's in he's above steve jobs he's above people well, maybe uh but he's up there with steve jobs as far as like his work his creations his brain brought so much joy and so much love to and touch so many lives like it's he's probably i would say half of the entire world 3.5 billion people maybe a little bit less but like they know about something he has had a hand in creating know, right like all over the world everyone knows something at least one thing china alone is 1.8 billion people right like and they these movies are doing crazy in china now like these marvel movies oh yeah i know my cousins down in mexico they're huge fans of marvel dc all that so like all that anything in the u.s is huge influence in any other country yeah exactly so yeah i mean i just really that was really annoying me i did want to get your guys's take on so of course I do want to say people were also saying that he stole I he stole ideas or he didn't give enough credit where credit was due. He just like Trey was Trey really well put like the internet was just being the internet. But he was actually super mindful about giving credit in, to his co-creators when he was a co-creator on something and where he loved to collaborate. I mean, he there's a way the Marvel method of like coming up with storylines and, and, and whatnot. He developed that, of course. Uh, I don't know the exact details of it off the top of my head, but it's something like you get in a room, you talk about an idea of something. You have an artist in the room too, drawing up storyboards or ideas for the storyboards, and you leave blank spots for the writing team to come in. Like it was just a unique way to make those comics and and, and share those stories. But he liked to collaborate. So uh, Steve Ditko, who also co-created like a whole bunch of those. Uh, superheroes that we already listed and then kirby i forget his first name but he gave for instance on the spider-man movies that came out in the 2000s he gave steve ditko a writing credit on those because he helped create spider-man so he did go out of his way to to make sure that his friends that he grew like developed all these characters with got that credit that they deserve so i i mean man that internet stuff the internet being the internet is just ugh pisses me off sometimes but last instance last uh part of this story i did want to bring up to you guys get your guys viewpoint on it army hammer are you guys familiar with that name no okay so he is if you've seen the social network the wink he plays both the winklevoss twins the rowers i have a i can bring him up too for listeners playing at home you might have to wikipedia he's a he is an actor okay um I'll pull up a picture of him real quick on our video wall here in Studio Easy Peasy. You may not really recognize him off that picture, but he's an actor, okay? And he's he's kind of outspoken. He doesn't really have that large of a following. <laughs> I can't tell, man. Yeah, I mean, all these, <laughs> all pictures, these are, pictures are dog shit, dude. Oh, here we go. I don't recognize So him. the Winklevoss twins, though, you know who they are? Yeah, yeah. With the Facebook story. You know, the Bitcoin billionaires. The yeah, Facebook now they're Bitcoin billionaires. So he... <clears throat> He really got upset and angry because after uh, the day that Stan Lee died or like the announcement came out, 
all these celebrities are posting selfies with him, right? I mean, we already have a bunch right here. I mean, we have Hugh Jackman and Chris Pratt. Oh, I miss, I love working in his world that he created. And here's a picture of me with Stan Lee. Army Hammer got all upset because he's like, you're making his death about you and the time that you got to meet him and whatnot. Yeah. What do you guys think about that notion? I would agree with that. I think a lot of people do that same thing on Facebook. And like when one of my friends passes... We like all of these people will have this like pissing contest, and like you'll see people you know for a fucking fact didn't know that person, you know, trying to like make posts because they're like in the same picture. And Can it's, I like, get 40 likes off this? Yeah, like whatever it is, whatever their like intentions are is like really, really gross. Like when my good friends die, I don't post about it on the internet at all. Like, I like am sad, <laughs> you know, I don't leave put that out there if you're sad about it. I don't feel like that's an exercise that makes any sense. They need to talk about it even more on social media. Sure. I, I mean, there's, there's exceptions to that. Like, okay, your grandmother dies or something like that mm -hmm. where you need, like, you kind of are reaching out to people in a way to get support or, like, you don't have, like, a really great way to, like, ask that from your friends. Like, that's a way to get support, you know? And I, I guess I can deal with that. But this is not that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sick. Oh, it's okay. Are you actually sick? Uh, I don't know. Might be getting sick. <laughs> no, uh, I had like bad allergies yesterday. Oh, like, I just went to the allergist this week. Got my arm poked like 78 times by the little toothpick things. Oh yeah. I'm not really allergic to much. I'm allergic nope. to some trees. April, March through June, and or March through May, and then I'm allergic to some some weeds. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, some weeds like uh, in the summer months. And then ragweed like everybody else in Iowa. Yeah. I need to go get that checked out. That'd be nice to know exactly what's making me sick. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's like they do like 108 things or something crazy. 108 different pricks or just one prick? It's like, a, it's not even really a prick. It's just like, it feels like a toothpick poking slightly. Like it's, 108 times? It's not that many. It's like 50, though. It has like cat, milk, all the nuts, all the... I'm not getting sick. Never mind. I'll just be sick. No, you've had... No, you've had a, <laughs> a bunch of tattoos on. You barely feel it yeah. i'm telling you right now i'm a wuss when it comes to tattoos i just don't want to like sit there for 50 separate stabs oh no she no they know what they're doing i'm telling you right now it was a good experience <laughs> i am glad i did it because i thought i was allergic to a lot more but i'm not which is good anyway though getting back on track with this he this army hammer situation with the selfies he got crazy backlash on Twitter, like, saying, hey, dude, we're just trying to, like, mourn the death of, like, some uh, one of the most brilliant minds in the in the storytelling world ever. And he got dragged on the Twitter, and, like, people were smashing him. And then he deleted it, and he issued this apology. So what do you guys think about, like... I just, I mean, I mean, Trey's already said his piece, kind of, but he says, while attempting to provide some unnecessary social commentary about the current selfie culture, I, in true asshat form, thank you, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, inadvertently offended many who were genuinely grieving the loss of a true icon. I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart and will be working on my Twitter impulse. What do you think about, did he need to say that? I mean, he got lots of people saying crap at him so that's just like a way to get people off his back but and i i think the people that were posting the selfies with stanley are still like trash you know <laughs> like i think that that was a trash move by them and if like chris if i see like chris pratt like trying to defend the fact that he was just like 
social media whoring, I probably won't watch his movies anymore. You know, like oh, he definitely was not one that did that. Yeah, I, I think that it was like an uncool move. Like to have the, like okay, a picture of Stanley on his own is like a gesture of like remembrance. A picture of you and him going like, it's like that's like come on. So one of what Army was trying to say is, hey, post your favorite superhero that he made, and like what yeah. made you feel as a kid, and like whatnot. What do you think about that's it, Luis? That's a better example than to just you know post a picture of him, you know yourself. Yeah. So when Stan, I think Stanley came to WizardCon or whatever we have here in Des Moines once really? a few years ago, and you had to pay fifty or sixty dollars to go like have a picture taken and talk with him for fourteen seconds. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I actually I, went to WizardCon last year. Oh, nice. At the day after Cosmic Kingdom. I won free tickets. <laughs> that was a tough day. Yeah, it was. A little it old was. We got there super late, and by the time we got there, they were packing it up. But it was so cool. It was a cool experience. I think I didn't, I think it would have been better if we went like, on a Saturday, like super early. But, I mean, the only celebrity that I recognized that we were like, I was like this close, like, from where we're sitting was Elijah Wood. Oh, it? wow. Okay. Yeah, no, he's cool. He's Brodo. a freaking creep. <laughs> he's super short. Is he oh, yeah, dude. Short. He looks creepy. He's a creepy mother effer in Eternal Sunshine. Jesus. And, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Sin City? He's creepy in that, too. For sure, dude. And he, uh, did, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he has this, like, weirdo, like, vinyl collaboration thing he does with, like, another actor, up and coming, or kind of just not as successful actor, where they play vinyls. They spin actual vinyls, like, from all over the world, like, yeah, Africa, yeah, yeah. like, albums that have vinyls that have He's a DJ out. too, isn't he? Yeah. He's opened up for a lot of big names. I've seen, I've always watch, I'll see like I know I'm subscribed to Dale, Dylan Francis. I don't know why, but on Snapchat, he'll go to these like celebrity parties, and then he'll sometimes occasionally like there's been a couple times where I'll see where he's got Elijah Wood opening up at this like crazy VIP celebrity party. Yeah, yeah, and it's so interesting too because it's not really any a mashup of anything I know. It's like literally like African songs, Hindu, like Chinese, like it's just worldly. It was interesting experience, and he was very upset when we saw him in Chicago with this like. Uh, like little performance thing he does like he was so upset when people are taking videos of him and stuff he's like i'm not here as an actor i'm here as a performer <laughs> oh my god he was so upset <laughs> celebrities are the worst that's all i'm saying let's get this update real quick on jewel just want to update since we've been following this story uh they suspended some of their flavors select flavors that are more appealing to kids and whatnot and this was all in in, in um, just kind of like expecting the FDA to come down this week. They did it earlier in the week, and then the FDA made their announcement that uh, with Juul having control of 70% of the e-cig industry, uh, which is it, it hits up 3 million middle or high schoolers, 11% of all high schoolers that were like question or like on this like analytics or whatever statistic said that they had vaped. By the way, um, but That's they like, you can take like one puff off your buddy's thing and like now I vaped like you know and sure like, I, I remember when I was in middle school this kid like let me borrow his inhaler I was like you want to see how many times I can puff this inhaler on the bus oh you did my. like hundred times like probably wasted the entire inhaler in one thing 
and like that was probably way worse for me than like any amount of jewel, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like totally. So just saying, like kids are gonna do dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, so they suspended some of the popular flavors after um, all this backlash throughout the year, and they've made more sophisticated online. ID verification. So they're doing all these things after like last year when, or earlier this year in October, just a couple uh, last month, where the FDA came into their San Francisco offices and took like thousands of papers of documents like to build this case against them. They seized all this documentation. Uh, so FDA Scott Lieb says they're coming down on these fruity flavors primarily. So we're talking the cucumber, the mangoes, the what up, cherries. And cucumber? What sixteen-year-old wants cucumber-flavored vape? I tried it. Cucumber. That's an adult adult flavor. Cucumber. Okay. (laughs) There's like all those other ones. Fine. You have to vape it with your pinky out. Yeah, dude. That's like fancy. (laughs) You know. (laughs) It was special edition. Only came out for like some of the summer. Then they were like, "Oh, it's selling a lot. We're gonna keep releasing it." So he came down to those fruity flavors and and. Jewel was already said they're suspending some of those flavors being sold in stores. So people like Truth. Have you guys familiar with the Truth organization? They're at Warp Tour every year. They're like that orange logo. Oh, duh, the smoking. Yes, yeah. anti-smoking. Yeah. They're they're trying to make the fight, the good fight for anti-vaping now. Of course, they're We're, the edgy ones with like the body bag ones. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, they're like, edgy. They're the edgy lords of anti-smoking. <laughs> Yeah, dude, they uh, they're coming down on the on. They're super upset that mint is not getting on this list. So the other the list includes like normal tobacco flavors still gets to go around and be sold everywhere, and then the mint, and then the uh, of course um, menthol. So they're upset because they're trying to say mint is a candy. What do you guys think about that? Mm. Mint's like, my favorite. Dude, I mean, isn't yeah. mint menthol? I mean, like, isn't what's the difference? I uh, I couldn't tell you. So have you smoked the menthol one? I don't have. I've never had the menthol one. Oh, uh, Jewel. So I think I've never had the menthol either. I've only had the the cool cucumber, which kind of <laughs> tasted like menthol. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, it sounds like menthol is targeted towards white trash, and mint's targeted towards not white trash. You know, <laughs> or maybe like previous Kids. like smokers. You know, like with menthol, like people that smoke uh, Newports, like they'll go for the menthol instead of the mint. But people, given the choice between the two things, is like, huh, menthol or mint? I think I'll take the mint. You know, yeah, it yeah. just sounds better. It doesn't sound like you're grimy and like living in a trailer court. Like, yeah. You know? So the cream mango is more is what <laughs> super popular in like very young kids, like middle schoolers, and then the flavors like menthol. Uh, excuse me, mint and cucumber and like more of like kind of more candy but not fruity flavors. That's super like popular with the high schoolers apparently. So Jewel to come to, again, like they're trying to make strides to be better. They are ending their all their online advertising and they shut down all of their social media accounts, which is where they really went viral. They went viral with some of their YouTube videos. They went viral with their social media posts and like their Instagram ads. And so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they're making the right strides to be a better company, to not have kid, this in kids' hands. You want to know At something least doing their part. They're, they're... I've actually never seen a Jewel ad or nothing, and the only reason I found out about Jewel is because well, you're not I started 16. seeing my friends 
taking a puff of them. But yeah, maybe maybe it's that like that whole like weird social media well, thing I where they they know yeah. you. So they're like, oh, this guy is twenty six years old. He's not interested in jewels. So exactly. we're not gonna put it exactly. in his newsfeed. You're not gonna start vaping if you don't vape. And like they might target people that have searched vape things, you know. Uh-huh. But they're not going for you as a non vapor. Totally, because I've never seen a vape ad on my shit. Yeah, do you vape? Um, no, yeah. I do. Because, like, you know, every time no, I start drinking a little bit and I occasionally do want a cigarette. Agreed. And I try to stay away from cigarettes because I can, I can just, it's just not good for you. So I, I prefer to vape instead. He uh, actually, you know, you told me all about the jewels. So I was like, you know, I'll get one. The only thing I don't like about the jewels is that I've lost them. I've lost two of them already. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like that big, right? Like- so Andrew, who's been on the show, Andrew Smithson, friend of the show, he's... He got me into it because it was so it's so convenient. It's like Very convenient. it's not that squirty yeah. crap. I hate that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, vapes that you have to squirt in, then you have to make sure this tightened down, then you have to make sure the battery is big and bulky is like charged, and it, it you can change the settings and all. No, what I wanted was some. This is considered the iPhone of vapes. I mean, seventy percent of the e-cig market is insane. I mean, they're worth sixteen billion dollars within a few years. So. Yeah, I mean, I like how you can switch out a pod. You you plug it in. It's like a USB plug-in. You let it stand. It's on a stand. It's glowing when it's charging. It's green when it's fully charged. It's all these like little hip and cool things. Very smart product overall. <laughs> uh, I have one in my in my drawer. I haven't smoked my jewel like since earlier this uh, a couple months ago now and i'm happy i i'm not gonna go back i thought about it because i went to like the allergist and he said that he it wasn't probably the jewel that was affecting me throughout those summer months when i thought it was giving me that horrible phlegm and i still do kind of think it was even though he says it probably wasn't <laughs> so i'm gonna try staying away from it but Dr. Sean, it must. i just have one question about the sure. thing before moving on what's the time the tobacco flavored vape. Like, oh, what? I had it, dude. What I the hate fuck? It. Why? It tastes like. Uh, Why so would you do that? When so, you buy a jewel, you get this four pack, right? So it's mm-hmm. cream, it's mango, it's mint, and then it's tobacco. And every single time, so I, I actually, when I bought the jewel, it came with that. I traded that one at Electric Forest to Derek Destefano, friend of the show. He's gonna, he's gonna host this awesome party uh, later today for Friendsgiving. But he, I traded to him for a cool mint one. I felt like, oh, I felt like I just ripped him off. I, I traded a Weedle for his no, Charizard. That's exactly what I was thinking a second. You said that. Dude, you know what made me feel even worse about it is like day. So, Electric Forest for listeners playing at home, you already know this, but it's like a seven day experience. I mean, with the driving. Uh, but like the last day, like on Sunday, he came up to me. He's like, hey, dude, do you have any more jewel pods? I. Do you want to trade back or something? I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, I'm that kid that, like, got a Blastoise for, like... It's like, no, I already traded it, bro. (laughs) Well, I was legit out by that time because I was just going nuts on my jewel. But, yeah. What I do... Oh, one funny thing that people, like, in our friend group kind of made a joke about throughout the summer is that the jewel... If you have it plugged in, so I had a battery pack, right? External battery pot pack to charge my phone and my mm. jewel throughout the summer. And I plug it in. If you put it, like, stands up vertically, so perpendicular to, like, my battery pack, <laughs> it looks like a Wi-Fi station. So, so, so <laughs> throughout, like, Final Fi- or Cosmic Kingdom, I believe, was the main one. But I was, like, saying, free Wi-Fi, free oh, Wi-Fi. No, yeah. I, rem- I saw you at 515 this year in the tent, and you would just hold it up in the air as high as you could and just kind of just bob your head. 
said. So I would at first I thought that without even thinking about like, oh, that's the jewel. I was like, dude, Sean's got Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> What's the password, brother? Yeah, <laughs> people were actually like legit falling for it. It's funny. That's so, like that uh, screwdriver vape thing where like that he goes video. to the party and like gives him a screwdriver like hit my vape, bro. <laughs> yeah, That's a screwdriver, bro. <laughs> Dude, so good. So. You guys want to just cap it off there? I do feel like we should get in some Des Moines discussion, though, with this Drake stuff. Real quick, it's just horrible. I mean, there's not much else to say, but I just want to update the world uh, that may be listening to it. That here in Des Moines, at one of our most prestigious private colleges called named Drake University, we're having some racism bull crap that we're dealing with. It doesn't just happen in different parts of the country it can happen in our own home so they're getting these racist they're having an issue with this racist robocalls from a white supremacist group and then also notes disgusting like racist notes are being put under african-american and and black uh students like doors in their dorms and whatnot which i'm like where's the surveillance on this so a white supremacist group hacked in somehow hacked into like this drake robocall system and had 250 robocalls go out to students faculty and staff that just has a horribly racist message like get off get out of my university black people pretty much and then students of color have been reporting these notes discussing handwritten notes being put underneath their doors in their dorms like what the heck I just can't believe that you would go waste your time and do go through that effort of like just trying to hate on somebody just like literally like, something they can't change, right? No, they were in 2018. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not gonna come on on top of this. You're not gonna win. I don't understand why. You, <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no. This is where everyone changes their minds. You're like, okay, okay yeah. They answer this robocall. It's like, you know what? <laughs> I actually agree with this guy. You know <laughs> It's valid points, you know? Uh, no, it's Iowa, dude. Like, there's going to be racist pieces of shit here for the next hundred years. No, dude. Like, I mean, everywhere else, like, not everywhere else, we're going to be one of the last people to get rid of that shit because there's so many farm people that, like, send their kids to college that have never even seen a black dude, like, come to main town Des Moines or whatever so true man it's all about the exposure expose yourself to different people and different ideas it's okay for me as someone that generally believes especially for social issues super far left to listen to a podcast Joe Rogan experience with somebody on the right just to hear how they're thinking sure I probably think they're an idiot or I don't agree with their thought process, but it's good to expose yourself. I, I like how you how you brought that up, Trey. So Drake University has to worry about students leaving. These poor, like four or six students now that have had those notes specifically targeting them, they have to worry about them leaving. Yeah. They got to worry about enrollments that are happening here in the spring coming up. Well, that's scary shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not that they know where your room is. Like, that's like the really scary thing. Yeah, dude, it's, that they know, they know this is where a black man lives. You and know? like, Yes. The security was so lax that they could get into, like, the. I wouldn't want to go there either. From what I know, it's just to get in the dorms. They ask for ID and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure if it was in the dorms, guys. It might have been, like, their apartments or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, like, but still, that's someone That's even scarier you, if it's not at the dorms, dude. <laughs> yeah, because you're not next door to, like, another student, necessarily. That means that this yeah. group has, like, tabs on you, man. Like, 
no. It's messed up. I'm glad there's not. I'm glad it hasn't escalated to some violence or something no, just yeah. absolutely heinous. Well, uh, they're pussies. Racist people are cowards. Like especially like the fact that they're not even like going straight up to their face and being like, "I don't like you, buddy," because of, of your color. It's like they're like sliding notes under doors because they're fucking pussies. Like that's how it's always been, you know. Like those guys. Uh, like KKK back in the day, they have hoods for a reason. They know they're a piece of shit, you know. Like yeah. they don't want anyone to like think badly of them for their opinion, you know. It's, yeah, it's a bad opinion. Well put. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the actual like professors <clears throat> tweeted out like, "Hey, cowards, why don't you come out and tell us, tell our the students to their or tell the exactly. world to their your fate or our faces instead of sliding notes like you know how hard it is to get like." a camera and a light fixture or how, excuse me how easy it is to just get a small hd camera and a light fixture i mean geez it costs like next to nothing to do that these days i was just looking online you can get these really discreet ones they call them like lamp cameras and whatnot that looks like a lamp and it's a camera hd 1080p full on 30 frames per second for literally a hundred bucks dude now you have to like be careful when you go into Sean's house because you never know when you're being recorded. It's all <laughs> like the, the whole thing. Your whole life is just an experiment for Sean's podcast. <laughs> or, like it's like YouTube series or some shit. For real. <laughs> so poor Drake. I mean, this is obviously not the message that Drake wants to give out to the world and their students, their faculty and staff. They uh, did something pretty cool though this week. They have been always for like seventy years or something crazy or however long they've been a. a a university, a private college in Des Moines area, they have this thing called Paint It Green, where they paint one of the streets in, in like the campus area green to represent diversity and inclusion, where they're, everyone's color is mixing up with green, right? I mean, all of our colors yeah. together, we all, no one's green, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I don't get the message behind the green choice instead of like purple No one's green. I don't think any combination of human flesh Yellow will make and green. orange, which doesn't really still work, right? I don't but think so. Well, there is red in that, and, yeah, yeah. wait. <laughs> I thought it was Green, yellow. blue. Green, wait, what? It's blue and yellow for green. Purple. Blue and yellow is green. Okay, okay. See, I'm <laughs> Jesus not Christ! I'm not good at color math, dude. I'm okay at other maths, but uh, they changed it. The, the the point behind it is they changed it to paint it black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is pretty cool. So yes, I read about it on on the Des Moines Register website. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's awesome. So hey, we gotta just keep fighting on, keep on keeping on, and. Yeah, those races are cowards. I love how Travis said that because it's so true. Exposure is the main word right Exposure. now. Exposure. Let's expose them and let's expose each other to other people and other cultures and whatnot. Totally. So thank you dudes for, geez, this was a popping off podcast. I feel like I'm going a million miles a minute, but that's good. I'm jacked. I'm amped for a great day of... We're going to be doing Friendsgiving, Luis, uh, and, and then we're eating a bunch of food, getting super P-H-A-T fat. Oh, yeah. And I'm wearing layers and flannel. I got my trade getup, actually. I'll, I'll show you after the show, but Lydia and I were at Costco. We found this, like, flannel jacket. That's so a tray jacket. <laughs> it's awesome. Dude, I have, like, a certain vibe. I like to be relaxed. I like to be comfortable, and I don't care about the cost. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love it. I'm with you. So then after that... Luis and I are going to be going to, I believe, Turbo Hype first at Vaudeville Muse, their second Turbo Hype, correct, Luis? Oh, yeah. No, I, it's the third one, actually. Okay. Their first one was after 8035, and 
they had a recap video and it was super super lit it looked like we were all having a good time so yeah Luis is <laughs> literally the star of this recap video he was by far having the most fun he he's he if he doesn't like he's just showing uh he's humble he was legit the star dude like there's a 60 second instagram video of literally just Luis like Eyes closed, head banging, arms swinging. The thing about it is, I I was there. I didn't even know someone was filming me half the time. I was just having a great time. Exactly. Yeah, it is a good time. But like I said, it's cool to see it from a different perspective. Like you with all your good friends, just no worries in the world. Like we, like what's cool about the video is that no one there's like no cell phones. No one's like taking a video of much of anything. What was the video guy was taking? So a video? there was no. there was like a legit like media dude oh, there. Yeah, cool. So he built this video and like these these. Uh, oh, ad, ads that's way cooler. I was like, dude, the guy yeah. that's recording the video has a phone. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. No, he had like a legit camera and he. Yeah, he was. There wasn't that many people on like their phones. You're so right. And uh, so who is it again? Turbo Hype is Richie Daggers and yeah, I can't remember the other guy's name. Okay, but so two awesome dudes from Des Moines. They've, they've spinning vinyl, which is really cool. It's not just like some CDJs and electronic and a USB plug-in they're actually doing the doing the thing you know the yeah and so like what's the music generally for the uh, a lot of hip-hop I noticed that there's a little bit of EDM they did drop some Skrillex in there I remembered but mainly a lot of old, old school hip-hop new school trap yeah it was oh, awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. after that we're gonna go watch our boy Nikki Rage throw down at Melting Sounds probably. I mean, it's gonna be a long night for a Just little mixture music. It's gonna be yeah, dude. He's coming up. Thing. He's he's on that grind. He's constantly playing stuff. He's plays five one five alive. He plays those festivals. So it's gonna be a great day. We got a lot to look forward to. So let's cap off this amazing show. You guys, that's a really good one. We we went through a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you can find the Easy Peasy at the Easy Peasy T H E Easy Peasy. We've got this podcast and then now we have this bi-weekly video games podcast called totally games cast it's live every two weeks on twitch.tv slash totally trey trey's been doing a killer job with we're trying to add make it better so add stuff to it make it better so of course give us your opinion on it and then of course at the end of the week friday morning it's going to be going up on the easy peasy channel so youtube uh and and facebook right now um definitely working on possibly doing an audio version or something and of course getting our podcast on those itunes networks those rss feeds and all the the things <laughs> we need to streamline the plug because like i feel like we have so many plugs going different directions at this point that like there's no focus so like no one will click anything you know what i'm saying like we're just like sending them like we got a YouTube, we got a Facebook, we well, got it's, like, it's live on twitch.tv slash totally tray and then it's uploaded on YouTube two days later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's a good way to put it. Um, but the problem is like two different channels. Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to having it you upload it too on twitch.tv like afterward or something. It, it's on there. That's where I get the download from. Oh yeah, but it's not like it doesn't have like the all the different cuts I put yeah, in sure, post production sure, sure, sure. cuts. Yeah, totally good point. We have uh Ideas, we got stuff that we're talking about. So you can find, like I said, the Easy Peasy, T-H-E, Easy Peasy on everything. Sean S. Johnson for me. Luis, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, but where, where is your Instagram handle? Do you know off the top of your head? Just my name, Luis, L-U-I-S, and then underscore L-I-C-E-A. Yes, and of course, if you're watching the YouTube or the video version right now, get back to your, your computer or your whatever you're listening to because you can see that right there. 
Trey, where can they find you? Just go to twitch.tv slash totally Trey, and you can ask me in the chat where the rest of it, or actually the rest of it's in my bio. So. Yeah, and you're streaming a lot of Fortnite, getting those <laughs> victory royales, doing yeah, work. Yeah, 360 no scoping these little bitches. Yeah. I'm there. very impressed of how you get those shots. Like, yeah, I do. Dude, I'm just like, it looks like he didn't even try. You're just like, dude's jumping in the air, and you're just like, he's dead already. I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, you I'm terrible see, at that game. Yeah, you, you're only seeing, like, I mean, I'd say, like, I'm pretty good at the game. Like, I'm in, like, the top 1% of kills or whatever. But, like, you only see the best parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you're, like, sitting through one of my, like, eight-hour streams, there's a lot of time that's not happening. But, you know, getting better and getting more consistent anyway. So, tons of fun. Yeah, always so, fun. Always yeah, dude, done. I might have a ton of fun on that Gamescast, so I hope people are out there enjoying it, and if not, <clears throat> try checking it out. So thank you so much for joining us for episode 95, Easy Peasy Podcast, and we out. Peace.